Today on the Zabecast, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, the long-awaited Yankee letter has finally been pried out of the legal lockbox. What does it say, and is it something or is it nothing? Mr. X and Houston Scotty join me to discuss. All that plus the Musk meltdown is fully ablaze. Your bonus, uncensored, extra 40 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Wednesday, April 27, 2022. Thank you for downloading. Before we get to the Yankee letter and a rare double shot of Mr. X and Houston Scotty, some mailbag feedback. You can always reach me at zabe at yahoo.com. And I love the feedback. Even the feedback in which you have to be a little bit harsh to me. It's okay. I can take it all in the name of getting better. Here's one from Keith Ankowitz. Hello, Steed. Monday's Abecast was chicken soup for my soul. This is especially satisfying listening because I've been isolated for the last few days after COVID. This may be the best podcast I have ever heard because of the behind-the-music stories that you and Andy and Al told about your years at Team 980. And to my listening over the past decade of you guys on that station. We get to listen to your chemistry with Scott and Sally regularly, but I tell you, you, Andy, and Al is a unique treat as well, and it takes me back. I do like that pairing. I'm I'm starting to think more in terms of pairings now, that I got the Scott and Sally pairing. I think this Hatch-Rhodes pairing has potential. It's got an open. Uh, I think Galdi and Andy is a good pairing because they're usually both available on Sunday mornings and I drive my van out there. So I'm going to try to work on pair, sort of like defense pairings in hockey. That's the way I'm thinking about this. Anyway, he goes on to say, it reminded me of listening to your shows before evening professionals, professional master's classes and leaving work promptly at four for the commute home because that was the start of yours and Andy's show. Anyway, just wanted you to know, sincerely, Keith Ankowitz. Lots of react like that. Uh, this one from Mike Amen. Save the show with Andy and Goldie was incredible. From the man cave to John Thompson to Chris Cooley, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the behind-the-scenes explanations. The whole Bruce Allen, John Skipper angle was fascinating as well. This one from Andy and Indy. Hello, Andy. Just wanted to drop a line and say Monday's pod with Andy and Goldie was excellent. Excellent. That type of show with just banter about the industry or whatever is going on with guys who you have that history and rapport with, obviously including Scott and Solly shows, is when your stuff is at its absolute best. I agree. Now, I will admit, you know, shows like what we did with Andy and, and, and Galdi, that's, there's a limited amount of that material out there because that is truly behind-the-scenes stuff in which – there's been enough water under the bridge that I can freely speak about it, and there's not going to be repercussions. But you know, every day, five days a week, there's not enough of that that gold to go around, so it's going to be sprinkled in uh, as time goes on. There is a follow-up podcast I'm going to do with a guy by the name of Brad May, who you didn't really know on the air at 980. He was a producer there for a long time, and he, he heard the pod. Hey, Brad, how you doing, if you're listening? And his Golf group is going to the same resort, Barefoot Landing, in Myrtle Beach, the same weekend my group is going for the Malcolm. And I said, I'm going to have the van with me. 
let's do a podcast and you can give your story. So there's kind of going to be a part two of that behind the music with producer Brad May. Uh, This one from Mike Anthony. Zabe, way cool intro. Digging it. Fun. I really enjoy the three years together. This would be the uh, Rhodesian and Hatch instead of Starsky and Hutch. Thank you for the attention you give to your craft and for all you do. Sincerely, Mike Anthony. This one from Evan Unzelman. Zabe, I'd say I hope you're well, but as a loyal listener who wouldn't miss a day, including premium days, I already know you are well. It's been too long since I poked in, and we asked on yesterday's pod, if you liked the podcast, send me a note saying good job. Well, I had to do it. Good job, Zabe. Love all your guests, but 30 minutes of you prattling on solo is always a treat as well. Keep on being our voice of reason, Zabe. Speaking of reason, this one from Dave Sobecki in Wisconsin. Steve, thanks for being the voice of reason. There's another guy. Hate to say it, but we ain't done with masks. Not on planes, not on subways, not on buses. Well, we actually are on planes. This was written before the mandate got struck down. He said the powers that be remain in power, sadly, and they're idiots. My kids are in Milwaukee public schools. Sorry to hear that. They dropped the mask mandate on a Monday two weeks ago, and then Tuesday brought it right back. My 10-year-old daughter wears hers wherever we go now, in indoor public places. She's scared, that's why. They've beaten her into submission. She's 10, Zabe. This is sadly how they win and how we lose. Even my liberal-leaning wife has finally come around and was swearing up a storm when we got the email about school. They just won't let it go. Anyway, he concludes with, fuck. Listen, I'm glad your liberal-leaning wife is coming around. The key, though, is making sure she casts that vote against these people in the fall and for the next several cycles to send a message because there will be a tendency to forget and go, okay, you know, and then you vote however you usually vote. And remember what I say about voting. I always vote against somebody. I don't vote for somebody. I, I mean, every politician, whatever party they are, they're all fucking assholes, grifters, the worst. But you got to vote against the worst of the worst. You got to vote against what will be the worst possible outcome for you and your family. That's, to me, how you vote. You vote against things and vote against people. Speaking of masks, I continue to see things that stagger me and confound me to no end. Like, there was a man taking a nice walk on a beautiful 75-degree spring day in suburbia, no one within hundreds of yards of them, just walking alone down the sidewalk. He had no mask. She had a mask. But it was a flimsy little blue surgical mask, which we know is the least possibly effective. They're all ineffective, but it's the least possibly effective mask. She could be immunocompromised. Did she walk around with a mask before the pandemic for all these other viruses as somebody who was immunocompromised? What does it say that you think to yourself, I'm out here on a breezy spring day. Nobody's around. My husband is here. He doesn't have a mask. I live with him. Yet there could be virus particles just wafting around in a high enough concentration that then one of them will right up my nose and that's it. Then I'm going to die. What is it? This one on uh, from Todd Whittington. Todd Whittington. Hello, Todd, 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 Todd. On Breaking Bad, 
on TV versus Netflix. He writes to, his, to say, Zabe, I had to email you on this. I started Breaking Bad after binging season one and two on Netflix DVDs, Netflix DVDs. And I started season three live on television, but getting to watch it week to week was like savoring a fine wine or enjoying a ribeye bite by bite. Sure, it was brutal at times to have to wait, but it allowed me the opportunity to sit around and soak up each episode. And if you thought weekly was bad, try season to season. Did Jesse really shoot Gail or not? That we had to hang on to for almost a year. However, as someone who misses the innocence of the pre-internet world as we once knew it, I would have to wait and watch a TV show, or having to wait and watch a TV show had held, held quite a bit of nostalgia to it. So maybe that's all I'm thinking of is the nostalgia and nothing else. Sincerely, Todd Whittington. That's also possible. Thank you for the feedback, email, and everything else. Save at yahoo.com is how you reach me. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Time now for a rare double Zabecast interview. The infamous Yankee letter kept under layers and layers of legal cement and concrete and locked in a vault has finally been released. It is free. And my number one Astro fan, Houston Scotty, is on with Mr. X, longtime Boston fan, to argue about just how bad the Yankees are at cheating. Because you both hate the Yankees, don't you? Oh, sure. <laughs> okay. Oh, absolutely. So you guys should be friends then. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And yet I sense hostility, Mr. X, towards you and Houston Scotty. What's going on there? I think your senses are off. Oh, okay. no, no. There is there is mutual respect and love, but there's also manly ribbing that always takes place. That's why we love X. Okay, so, there's, there's so no reason that I would have any ill feelings. It has nothing to do with the lobsters I had to send in last <laughs> time. Oh, that's right. Up, right. That's right. <laughs> now, yeah. now I now I remember that because you had a bet in the ALCS, Boston Correct. and Houston, and you lost, Mister X. So the the lobsters went down to Houston. How much was was shipping lobsters? It was not pretty. How many? <laughs> how many did you bet? I don't remember. Shiree, what, what was the? There bet? was four. There, there were four lobsters four sent lobsters. to us. Which there's only, there's only, you know, there's only me and Tina here. So, 
Uh, it was, it was, I would say it's too, too many, but uh, they were absolutely delicious. Sounds like a couple hundred lobsters. And had you lost Shari, what would you have sent Mr. X? I was going to send him some absolutely prime, uh, steaks from a private, basically a a private guy that I know that, that has his own Uh ranch and cows and the whole nine yards. And when he gets his steaks done, he carves off just the, the prime best for a handful of people. So uh, what are the a, chances inside, inside guy? I know. Yes. What are the chances of a rematch this year? Zero. I'm with X on that one. Uh, if you looked at the records lately, <laughs> I know well, it's not pretty. Well, you know, seasons young as they like to say. So anyway, Mr. Yes. X, I'll set the narrative here for now years, ever since the infamous trash can scandal came to light and the commissioner swung into action to punish those sons of bitches from Houston, <laughs> as Costanza would say. And we became fully aware that, hey, they weren't the only ones using the video room to glean intel on signs and signals and to use it to their advantage. The Red Sox had, the Yankees had, but the full scope of it was not fully yet laid out in public. And of course, you know, Manfred and being in New York and the Yankees being the uh, company too big to fail, they're not going to get whacked as hard. Shirey has been screaming about this Yankee letter forever. Well, the Yankee letter is out. And I got to tell you, Scotty, I'm underwhelmed. Yeah, there's nothing there. Oh, come on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, there's, there's nothing there. There's so, no there there. Essentially, <laughs> what, what the letter was from Manfred was that, hey, Yankees, we know you're using the video room to steal signs. You're then relaying them to the second baseman to then hopefully get it to the hitter in time. That was a more cumbersome runaround than either the Apple Watch, right, that the Red Sox were using in the dugout. That was 2014. And it was not as quick, albeit clumsy, as the trash can in the hallway. But it was still cheating. But Manfred didn't lay down the law until after that letter was sent, and then he sent a notice saying, everybody knock it off, which Mr. X has shades and echoes of Spygate in the NFL. Yeah, you know, I I hate to be the buzzkill of, oh, this isn't a smoking gun, but it's not. It's, you know, what happens is we've been, I, I hate the term stealing because that just denotes, you know, illegal impropriety. People have been stealing signs since baseball was invented. The old adage was you're sitting on the bench for months at a time, watch the third base coach, pick up a sign, you know, contribute to the team. They've always, there's a reason they go through a sequence of a bazillion signs to conceal them from you and make you not figure them out. If, if you weren't allowed to, why would they have to try so hard to not let you? So, you know, I, I don't have a big problem with this, but what happened is, Okay, the onset of technology, let's just call it, changed the game of from sitting on the bench watching the other team to videoing, relaying, and, and that's when everyone was like, okay, wait, we don't want this in the game. Right. So in 2015, that Yankee letter was kind of like they had yet to define the rules of what was illegal. Now, look, you should know it's not legal, right? It's not like you're doing that going – yeah, I think this is cool. It's okay. But it hadn't been defined. And so when they sent that letter and they said, we know you're doing this. And between 15 and 17 is when they really laid out the law to the teams of you can't use electronic devices. You can't do this, can't do that. 
and we're not going to tolerate it. And then the Astros were the first yeah. ones to get get you know get nailed because only the champs ever get caught. Nobody cares when you lose 100 games. They never got caught. Actually, we've talked about this. They didn't get caught. They got ratted out. Big difference. Okay. Ratted okay. out by who? Mike Fires, former pitcher of the Houston Astros, who was left off the postseason roster and decided to go into full bitch mode and whine nonstop about the team that left him on the bench, was cheating and using things illegally. Sorry, go ahead, X. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's, 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 that's why you keep him on the payroll, Shiree. Jesus Christ, don't you know that? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what the Yankees just did by taking Beltran and putting him on the Yes Network. I figure that's the exact same thing now, isn't it? Whatever it takes. (laughs) Whoever knows your dirty shit, make sure they're happy (laughs) until this is long in the rearview. Now, look, uh, now the floor is going to be yours there, uh, Scotty. Uh, The Yankees fought crazily to keep this letter in the concrete-sealed vault, and the explanation they gave today was that because we didn't want the contents of it to be misconstrued in a way that would shed a negative light on the team, which I'm like, oh, bullshit, you know? That, yeah. like, that's the most damning part of all of this is that they fought so hard to keep it sealed. Well, the kicker of all of this is, is and again, I'm not going to bend her off into too much different, but here's the thing. They were cheating first, okay? <laughs> they got warned about cheating first. The, the echoes of this are interesting in so much that they were cheating for years. The letter goes out. The letter doesn't get revealed, obviously. They say, okay, we promise never to do that again. The Athletic did an amazing article on all of this, and I believe it was 2019. They did the full – they're the only publication that did a full nine-yard depth dig on all of this, and they're the ones that talked to players. They're the ones that got the information that Carlos Beltran came to that team and said – when he was traded from the Yankees, or not traded, he was picked up from the Yankees. Right. You guys are behind the times on right. this stuff. Here's what we need to do. So I'm supposed to believe that Manfred sent them a letter in 2015 saying, hey, knock it off. But Beltran comes to the Astros and says, you guys are behind the times on all these teams. This is something that, quite frankly, what I'm most disappointed is not even so much was what was revealed and not revealed. It's the lack of curiosity by people who are in the baseball media basically going, meh. Oh, yeah. Where is the natural curiosity by looking into this? There are redacted portions of this letter that already scream, hey, wait a minute. What's the big redacted? thing that jumps out at me? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, there's sections of it where they're talking about they cheated on the road. How? The question no one's asking that should be asking right now is, how do they do? How did they convey any information to the second to the guy, the runner on second base? I, I get it. It's how? a t- it's a two layer bitter pie for you down there in the great state of Texas, far away from the elite power centers of Major League Baseball and Gotham Correct. itself. I get it, right? That's why you sons yeah. of bitches in Houston. Okay, fine. <laughs> that, that 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 thing from Seinfeld rings more and more true all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's a media thing as well, which I think, Mister X, you can be sympathetic to, is that. You know, the East Coast media industrial complex is a real thing, and it does get to be sickening. You know, I guess I guess the part I wrestle with is, yes, I'm a right is right, wrong is wrong kind of person. But do you think for a second that in 2015, one letter to one team went out and said, stop doing this? This idea that, like, 
Oh, the Yankees were caught in transit. I'll bet you there was dozens of those letters. No, now, now, X, come on. We know that's not true because every Why? fan base that we've heard on Twitter have just said that their team didn't do anything okay. like this. I'm looking at one in particular out on the West Coast that spent $290 million this year on <laughs> ballplayers. Blue and white guys, if I'm not mistaken. Already being accused of that as well. No investigation. And that's the other thing, too, not to get too deep, but... Manfred is already an idiot. We knew this. This is an established situation. The fact that he didn't start really digging into these other teams, and truthfully, based on what we're seeing today, I'm not convinced he really did. I think he saw what was going on and said, I want nothing to do. He, the, the letter to Cashman, it's not a cover-up, but boy, it's awfully close. Of There's a lot of there, there, if, if Can, enterprising journalists did their job, and they're not going right. to. Can we agree that Manfred was partic- is particularly ill-suited to go in and do the right thing and clean this up, that he is a absolute tone-deaf corporate toady who everybody in baseball hates? Can I get an amen for that? I, you, I, yes. <laughs> I think I'd be polite. <laughs> wow! Wow, we found we found oh. the one Manfred neutral guy. I thought you loved baseball, Mister X. I do. I, I look. I'm, he he's sucks. not my favorite commissioner. He by sucks. Any means. He's uh, one of the worst commissioners in all of sports in my lifetime. Okay, he's bad. Yeah. He's really bad the, on the media front. Uh, this I want to follow yeah. up on this. Uh, uh, Shari, this is crazy. Yeah. Buster Olney's lead on ESPN. You ready? He begins with a years-old letter sent by Major League Baseball to the New York Yankees. Okay, so already he's poisoning the tone of this story. A years-old letter, irrelevant, was obtained by ESPN on Tuesday detailing illicit use of technology during the 2015-16 seasons. That was relatively benign, Olney opines, in the lead of a hard news story within the context of the sign-stealing scandals that occurred around the game at the same time. As soon as I read the lead from Olney, I go, okay, I got it. Well, now keep in mind with with Olney, Olney is the one that got crossways with Lunau. So when the Astros brought in Lunau, he basically nuked most of the scouting department, and they went to a very sort of analytic not just using numbers, but using video and numbers and everything else to eliminate their scouting department. Pissed only off nine ways to Sunday. So he and Lou now were locking horns no matter what. So there's already been a there's always okay. been a bias in that regard. Passon though, Passon calling this a nothing burger, I think takes the absolute cake from even only in this regard. How can you look at this and not again have a slight journalistic curiosity to go? How and why, and I got to dig into this a little bit more to see just how far the rabbit hole goes. It's not even on his radar, and that blows my mind. Hmm. Mr. X, I, you know, <laughs> it sounds like you're out of takes on this. No, I just sounds like you I, wish your Red Sox were still cheating harder right now. Uh, you know, we all <laughs> currently languishing in a very competitive. I wanted it to be something. You the fact that them. as we were transitioning to the new technology and ways to cheat, and seven oh. years ago they got a letter that said, stop it, I, I, maybe it's not a nothing burger, but it ain't a whole lot to me. Seven years ago they were, they were starting to use you know, technology, and they, and they changed the rules in, what, 2016 after this letter, 
to say cut it out. The you Yankees, the Yankees so were fined. The Yankees were that. the Yankees were fined a hundred grand. That's yeah. it. Okay. The and Yankees a hundred like, grand. I mean, that's barely. That's not even couch cushion money for the New York Yankees. No. I just I feel like there was I feel like there was a transition period where people started going nuts with technology and they tried to nix it. And I'm not going back before that and giving okay. a crap. Um, one more thing on ESPN. Apparently, Kevin Nagande has earned uh, you know, a, a, a gold star for those in the Astros camp that feel like the Yankees got to skate on this. Live on SportsCenter, after one anchor read a summary of the Yankees <laughs> letter, uh, New York GM Brian Cashman has very vocally blamed his team's title drought on the Astros' sign-stealing in the 2017 ALCS, to which Nagande on air replied, hmm. That's rich. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, X, I will say this I, again. I, I know, I know that you have you and I have discussed back and forth. X has a magnificent sense of irony in so many different things. <laughs> the reason that the Yankees even got pinched in the first place was them bitching about the Red Sox cheating, which made yes. the made MLB look at the Yankees as well That's and got the Yankees pinched. Yes. You're busy cheating, and you're complaining about others doing the same thing you are. Better really? than you. Exactly. Right, because yes. they were using Apple Watches, and they're like, shit, we need yeah. some Apple Watches. Yeah. And well, I guess Scott's Astros are like, fuck it, we got a trash can and a towel. <laughs> that's covering well, a you know, I, You know what I've heard here, Steve, this is interesting too, is, and, and again, no disrespect to ball players, but a little bit of disrespect to ball players, being that we've all been around them our lives, and, and we, we we know baseball players as a whole, you know, don't really max out the scale on the IQ level. There are some that are saying that some of those guys thought if we use trash cans, it's not modern technology conveying the signals, <laughs> so therefore it's not breaking the rules. Now it's here's the kicker: primitive. That sounds like something Aaron Judge would come up with, quite frankly. Oh. But I'm really, I'm really just sort of sideways with that. So, <laughs> well, here's the exit. although if he was swinging and hitting a trash can, he'd probably swing and miss that too. Or, so or foul it off uh, at best. <laughs> See, I, I think they hammered them so hard on the trash because it was just such a stupid attention getting thing that it was yes you're adding ignorance to your cheating it's like at least try a little harder well, to not be so obvious I, i've said it before no. i'll say it again scotty what did in your astros was the icarus conundrum you flew too high to the sun your wax wings melted you got too cocky about it they were you guys were really really like everyone in the organization we're next level this, we're doing that, we're running laps around everybody. And yeah, they were, right. but a lot of it was illegal. Well, a lot of that came to come, I mean, if we're being really frank, it a lot of that comes down from the hubris, at least my opinion on this, is from Jeff Lunau, who, again, yes. very brilliant guy. But Lunau did have a tendency to be a tick abrasive on things and think, again, it's not shades of Enron, if you're really going to boil it down that, the smartest men in the room, men who think right. they're a lot smarter, and they may actually really be. You well, don't want to talk about it. That's the most, well, I mean, right. Exactly. This. The most brilliant people never have to tell you how okay, smart right. they are. They just but, are. But baseball is a very testosterone-laden sport. Very alpha males, Indeed. and and that that is hard for them to turn off when they're kicking everybody's ass. And your Astros were fucking rolling back then. Now, right. the question is, can they get back there? I see you guys are languishing right now in the standings. Uh, well, yeah, we can't, we can't, we can't hit water. We can't hit water if we fell out of a boat in the ocean. But again, this, as, as I like to think it's early, which is always a wonderful yeah. dream. 
We've also started out slow, but here's the other thing, Steve. If you remember the last, you know, two of the last three teams that won the World Series, what were they at the midseason point, and what were they at the end of the year? Wondering if we're flipping the script on the whole thing, and we're going to be the guys. <laughs> pardon my it's language here. Possible. Maybe we'll be those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Nats were nineteen and thirty-one x nineteen and thirty-one in late May before they turned it on. Yeah, that's, you know, if, if that's the script you want to follow, you know, go for it. Go for but, it. <laughs> X, I don't think want is the term I want to use there. <laughs> well, what about what about the new playoff format? We don't know how that's going to actually shake out. Oh, it's, Great it just point. makes it all a bigger joke. It's it's getting, it's more and more entertaining and less and less about being good versus being hot at the right time. Wow. I, mm. I feel the fandom, Shiree, being absolutely wrung out of Mr. X like a rag. It's sad. I I, I, I worry about that, but I also know he, again, I've, I said this today, this is, this is really sort of my thought on the whole thing. I, again, I love baseball and obviously I, I love my team and that just goes without saying this, this whole thing just feels bad. All of it. It just what feels bad. It's, you know, what the, the whole, the, baseball? The, the, the idea of the cheating. Yeah. Just again, I don't want to live in an idealistic world. I'm a grown man. I get this, but I also have this idea that, you know, there has to be something left that inspires people, and sports is a great way because it, it, it's, yeah. it's supposed to inspire. Yeah. Well, are this you, are you guys going to be you going to be inspired when there's giant ad patches on formerly iconic major league uniforms staring you, you in the face? <laughs> I mean, it's already pretty bad when you look at the field, and the field is now covered by the pitcher's mound. Oh, and yeah, the the fake digital ad on the, the back. Yeah. Oh, not even fake, Steve. If you're at the stadium and you're looking down at the stadium and you're watching your picture, there's an ad for, you know, Bob's House of Bacon and Baseballs. It's just, I mean, I'm <laughs> and, joking, but and we I mean, haven't even gotten the same thing. we haven't gotten to pitch clocks and uh, anti shift rules next year, which are probably coming. All right, let me pivot. Uh, yes. Angel Hernandez, boys, Mister X, <laughs> you want to jump in on this? How the yeah. fuck can't baseball weed this guy out? I know unions, I get it, yada yada, but move already jesus this guy's a nightmare yeah that's i'll only thing i can say is this that's unions in every industry it's they protect the weak links he um, is egregiously bad do. yeah and now so it's not like their union's different than any other union you know Paying your dues, you're the man. It's just, it's just the worst part about unions. Here's the question I have: Do you think Angel Hernandez thinks he's good? Does he care? Well, <laughs> oh, see, there you go. X nails it. Why would he care? His legacy is already established. According to like the the little data things and the things I've read about, the number of balls and strikes he's missed by a what would be considered really obvious is like 2,600 in the last few years, or last several years. Right. I mean that's that's criminally bad. Who's you number have two? Have to have an evaluation. Who would like? Uh, what's I a comparable I, number I two? If he's the leader a, a guy of the clubhouse. Three inch Coke bottle glasses. I have no idea. Who no, the, I, you know why we don't know well, who number two is because number one is so egregiously bad. Well, I think there's websites that track this, and there's Twitter accounts that track this. I've seen right. some of these graphics where they analyze the umps, and I mean, if you miss a pitch by six inches or more, that's considered bad. Right. Well, and the Hernandez has had a four, mountain more of those. I can't think of the guy's name. Yeah. The guy that did game four at the ALDS between the, the Astros and White Sox, I think when they well, graded him. Well, I guess it was yeah. a bad umpire for the Astros game. Shocker. Well, no, it was, it was bad all the way around, but it was, it was it was one of those things where 
it was always at crucial times. You're going, oh, I don't know so much about that, but it definitely, but he's, he is equally, I think he was the one that that's barked at managers before. I can do what I bleeping damn well want to out here. And I cannot think of that guy's name to save my life, but it's that guy. And that's the attitude that these umps have. This is my ballpark, not yours. Okay. I say a lot. I say that Angel Hernandez absolutely has that attitude. So, and I, I mean, I think what happened the other night and, uh, you know, during the Milwaukee game, I mean, I was actually watching that game and I just, you just shake your head going and I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to take this seriously, huh? Yeah. Are you thinking Joe West? <laughs> so, uh, Mr. X. Well, well, Joe West retired and now has a podcast that I'm fairly certain that no one asked for. <laughs> I wish you would take live calls and it'd just be an endless stream of guys going, Hey, uh, cowboy, you suck click <laughs> hey cowboy glad you're retired <laughs> click <laughs> so uh uh last thing yeah. mr x uh yes. on the learners and the nationals who are selling mm-hmm. i learned about one of the main reasons why they're selling is a tax deduction loophole that expires after 15 years of ownership of a franchise are you aware of this thing no. Yeah, you being in you know formerly in finance back when you used to work and not gamble for a living, you'd be interested before in both. this before <laughs> right before both. <laughs> I uh I uh I read about it. It was it was actually a, a long article in Saber, you know, the Society of Advanced Baseball what's the yeah. R stand for? Whatever. So it was on Sabre.com, and I just read and read and read, and my feeble mathematic brain was struggling to understand the concept of it all. But it went into great detail. But basically, they described how team owners in baseball used to write off almost all of the purchase of the team, claiming that they had purchased some an asset that was going to um, – devalue rapidly that when yeah. when when the when bud Sealy bought the seattle pilots and moved to milwaukee he wrote off 94 percent of the 600 million he spent on player contracts because when you buy an right. a major league team you buy tangible assets like your logo your stadium possibly uh your television revenue stream that comes with it the rights to be one of 30 mlb teams and then intangible ones such as contracts of the 30 assholes who are playing baseball badly for you and those those contracts go down quickly as they get older so you can write them off so teams were owners were writing off they're saying oh i didn't buy you know, all those other assets, I bought these 30 players and I'm going to depreciate them. So they battled them in IRS court for years and years and years. They finally came up with a compromise. The IRS did saying, look, you got 15 years to devalue, you know, your purchase price of your team. And after that, you're, 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 you can't deduct anymore. And lo and behold, Mr. X, guess what year we are of the learner's ownership in DC. Well, so that means they're going to lose some depreciation after 15. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm, going from 40 years ago memory, which I shouldn't do. I think it was Jerry Buss that invented that when he bought the Lakers. They actually addressed that in that winning time show on HBO. They actually addressed him using that uh, very thing as players as assets. The bottom was, you know, the team name doesn't mean anything. It's the players that make the team. So just like when you buy a house, you depreciate it over 30 years. He wanted to depreciate the contracts of the players. And he won that. So everybody does it. Now, if there's a new rule where it's only the first 15 years of ownership, fine, I don't know that. So, okay, they're not going to make as much money nearly in year 16, so it's time to get out. That fits completely with what I said to you last time, which is most owners are in this to be the man. 
to own it, to entertain clients, to say, look at me, I'm Jerry Jones, I look, look who I am. The learners have always been in things for money. So yeah. why wouldn't they sell when yeah. the price is high and maybe the yeah. depreciation yeah. going away? It's, That's why they're in this. It's called an RDA. The RDA is what it is. It's a tax escape hatch baseball's owner, baseball owners enjoy for 15 years. And this long article Shiree talked about depreciation recapture, adjusted mm -hmm. overall cost basis. It talked about mm -hmm. amortization versus depreciation. And you know me, Shiree, my head was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I tried. I'm just grateful. That, I'm just tried. grateful that you didn't go TLDR. I'm so proud of you for not going TLDR <laughs> on this and hanging in, brother. I swear you, there are moments you impress me, and then there are moments that you amaze me. Sadly. This one was <laughs> right. one where you amazed <laughs> Amazed me. Yeah, anyway. You hung in on tax and accounting talk. I went, I went, I went like, I went 18 thumb scrolls of reading on my phone on wow. this thing. And, and then, and then I did, you know, when you're really into something long and you're like, okay, holy shit, how long is this article? And so then you fast forward thumb scroll and there was like another, there was like another 10 thumbs worth of adjusted depreciation recapture. I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm out. I got how, lo how loud was the Homer groan when you got to that 18th? Oh! <laughs> uh, all right, boys. Exit question. Are people still cheating in baseball in terms of stealing, stealing signs? Yes or no? And if so, how? Yes. I have no idea how, but they absolutely are. I'm curious about the the head, not the headset, but the yeah. How do you the feel about, communication between the the pitcher and the, the catcher? How do you feel about that, Mister X? How do you feel about the wrist, the magic, uh, you know, wristband? Oh my God. It's here, you know. Uh, what do you call it? Advancements never go away, so right. it's here. It doesn't matter. But God, it's just. I'm sorry. It's just. Just seems really wrong. You to know, me. you know, if X two, X three, X four were still playing Little League and you were coaching, they would want one of those for Little League, <laughs> right? And there'd be a company that would sell that shit to Little Leaguers, right? Well, you know, I, I read the part where it says like they can, you know, it's in different languages and different voices. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see him one instead of like, can they have like nagging wife voices? <laughs> <laughs> well, how many voices does Siri have? I would assume that it's in the same vein, right? <laughs> Well, there's a button on that pitchcom wrist thing for the catcher that's dead middle of the pad. And I'm yeah. thinking, well, when are you ever going to tell a major league pitcher to groove one right over the plate? And I guess the answer is when it's 3-0 and the bases are loaded, your pitcher can't fucking throw a strike. <laughs> the only question I have, Zay, for you in parting is, does it bother anyone but me that no one is caught cheating unless they're like the champion? Are you really – it's like people want to see the Astros, the Sox, the Nationals punished when they win. And, and you're telling me the teams that play 500 don't do the same thing? Yeah. Well, it's, you know yeah, what, Shari? You know I mean, what, Shari? Shari, it's like in yeah. golf when the guy who's going to shoot 104 – I'm not looking at you because you can break 100 now. You hateful bastard. I know. <laughs> but a guy's going to shoot 104, and he's dropping Titleist through his pant legs to get a drop. <laughs> you, you know he's cheating, but you look at him, you're like, oh, he ain't going to hurt nobody. He's on his way to 104. Let him be. <laughs> the first thing my kids said on this one, though, when I kind of said something somewhere, I was like, Dad, remember the rule. When you cheat on a test and get a C-, minus, you still cheated. <laughs> you know. Well, I will say this. You get an A. 
I read this, and this this dovetails beautifully with that. It's a lovely metaphor. It basically says both the Astros and the Yankees break into a house. The Astros hack the security system, make the front door unlock itself, and walk out with the jewelry. The Yankees hack the same system, don't know what to do with the information, break a window instead, and walk out with a bunch of old trophies. So there, that to me is a perfect. That's a perfect metaphor for if you're going to cheat, at least win, and certainly don't lose to the guys in 2015 like the Yankees did while they were cheating, we beat them in the ALDS to start the whole get-into-their-head thing. Right. So, and and anyway. if, you're the, if you're the Orioles, you throw a trash can through the window, set off the alarm, <laughs> cause the whole neighborhood to have their lights go on, cops come, you run into the house, the dogs attack you, you end up jumping out the back door and falling in the pool. No, with the Orioles, it's Angela saying, wait, how much do these buzzers cost? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right, you fuckers, good to talk to you, as you were. Thank you, boys. Love you, meeting guys. All right. See you guys. See you. <laughs> Bye. Let's end on this. How's the reaction going for the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter? Sum it up in three words, not great, Bob, at least not for some. Here's just one little example. Well, it looks like Twitter's gone. They accepted the money, and Elon Stalin is taking over, so... <laughs> right out of the gate. Elon Stalin. Well, it looks like Twitter's gone. They accepted the money, and Elon Stalin is taking over. So fuck you, Twitter, and goodbye forever, you insane Q-like forum. <laughs> or soon to be insane-like Q-like forum. Peace out. Bye. Elon Musk, this is directly to you. Enjoy Twitter. I just deactivated mine. I will not be reactivating it. Enjoy. I deactivated my account and deleted the app. That's what I think of it. Fuck Elon Musk. Today, Twitter has announced that they've been bought by Elon Musk, or however you say his name. Um, however <laughs> you say his name. I'm not interested in staying on Twitter anymore because of this. And I think there's a lot of people that are about to leave. So I just wanted to... Let everyone know that you can find me here. I'm going to also share this on Twitter before I deactivate my account. Yes, I'm going to share this here on Twitter, and then I'm going to deactivate my account. So I don't know how you find, but quick, go get it now, and then I'm going to say bye. So that anyone who wants to follow me can find me here as well. Hey, I did a thing today. Yeah? I deactivated my Twitter account. Well, you can too. Good for you. Of course, those are just random numbnuts staring into their cameras on their phones, thinking they're famous, which really is the great trick of social media. It's tricked people into thinking they have any kind of relevance beyond just their own narrow little lives. And that's part of the appeal of it, or it's a main part of the appeal of social media. It tricks people into thinking they're famous. Look, I'm on the internet. There's people have seen this. Maybe it's only 50 or a hundred, but ah, I'm something. It's one thing for the hoople heads out there to say this stuff. It's another for a professional media member 
or journalist or MSNBC talent, a guy by the name of Ari Melby, uh, to say the following about, oh my God, Elon Musk owns all of Twitter? Think of what he could do when it comes to our elections. You own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. You <laughs> I mean, you sit there, you listen to that, and you just blink in the most Jim Halpertian expression. Like, yeah, that's exactly what Twitter was doing, all of it, but in favor of the Democrats. (laughs) And now suddenly you're like, hey, man, this could be dangerous. I saw research done by uh, something called like the Center for Election Integrity. I guess they track public campaign contributions because those are tracked publicly. And in the recent midterm elections, the percentage of money donated by Twitter employees to Democrats versus Republicans skewed, I swear, 98.7% to Democrats. But hey, you know, they could secretly turn down the reach of one party and their candidates. Or something else, and the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Oh, my God. We can't have that, can we? My only question is, does Ari Melbatost or Melby, I, his, the word is cut off on, a, on the screen, did he see like, oh, that was stupid, actually, I, I kind of... I was up, I was, I was whipped into a froth and I didn't see my own stupid hypocrisy here. Or do you think he really sees it this way? And he's like, no, uh, what I said is perfectly legitimate. Uh, They weren't monkeying with, you know, results and reach and shadow banning before. And it wasn't all in one ideological direction. No, they were down the middle. Now Elon Musk is going to do his worst. Does he really believe it? Or is he like, yeah, actually, that was kind of stupid. Now now that I think about it, in other words, would he be an, a now that I think about it, that was kind of dumb? Or is he a true believer? I would err on the side of being a true believer. Anyhow, prayers up for Kamala Harris, the vice president, double-masked, quadruple-jabbed, still got COVID. She says she is not feeling symptoms, but hey, say it with me now. It could have been a lot worse without being vaccinated, so thank God for that. Now, at some point, you got to stop getting jabbed, right? She's quadruple jabbed, double masked. Uh, What is this, every year now for 20 years you get jabbed? Is it two a year for 20 years? Oh, well. We'll follow the science and mask up and shut it down if we have to. The kids are resilient. We're all in this together because you never know if somebody has an elderly grandparent at home or an immunocompromised spouse or a child too young to be jabbed because if it just saves one life, well, you know the rest. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday. Enjoy your day. Rate and review. And I will see you next time.